letter that she sent, maybe many of you received it, and uh, she includes in it uh, a passage from Chronicles, sing to the Lord all the earth, proclaim good news of his salvation from day to day, tell of his glory among the nations, his wonderful deeds among all the peoples. And uh, that's what we've been doing as a church for the past, I want to say, close to 50 years, Bill. We've uh, been blessed to send missionaries to 35-plus nations. You know, I just looked in our uh, directory and did a quick count of just the adult members. We have something like maybe 84 when I include husband and wife, not the children. And then I counted all of our missionaries, not the children, but the husband and wives. We have 18 serving uh, in various capacities on the field. And so that's, uh, that's close to 18% of our body are on the mission field or as Gordon traveling back and forth all over the world. So what a, what a blessing it is for us as a, as a family of faith to continue to proclaim the glory of the Lord among the nations, his wonderful deeds among all the peoples. And I had one other thought before I introduce our speakers, and that was of uh, Count Van Zindendorf. You have heard his name probably. Uh, Andrew, uh, is it Andrew Carey? What's Andrew Carey's first name? William Carey. I didn't think it was Andrew. Uh, William Carey's uh, typically considered the father of modern missions, but Zinzendorf uh, came almost a uh, hundred years before Carey. Uh, uh, a wealthy man, grew up in Bavaria, and uh, in 1760, uh, he and uh, those living at Herrenhaut uh, started uh, to send missionaries, and in fact, at that same time, they started a missions prayer band that prayed nonstop 24-7 for 100 years. And, uh, and then in the midst of all of that, they sent missionaries uh, to at least uh, 10 nations, probably 226 missionaries during that time period. So I'm just so thrilled that we've, I believe, embrace that model. We pray continually for our missionaries. And as Christine Doe encourages prayer for her team, and we will, Christine, and uh, continue to see God uh, raise more missionaries to go to the ends of the earth. I'd like to introduce now, uh, first, Christine Doe will be speaking. She'll be going on a mission this summer with ORU Missions to uh, Zimbabwe. Christina, I've been to Zimbabwe. It's a lovely place. You'll have a great time there, I'm sure. I'm glad that you'll be involved there doing uh, ministry in schools and uh, with your team. So we will pray for you not only today, but in an ongoing way. Andrew Thorpe will be going on two missions, one uh, to Padre Island during spring break, uh, where college kids gather for uh, uh, just fun and carousing, all, all that goes with that often, but it's a great opportunity to engage with them in uh, sharing the gospel. We'll be praying for you, Andrew. Uh, 
Karen Shupak will be coming to represent two generations of missionaries. The Shupaks, many of you know, started in Pakistan years ago, then went to uh, Kyrgyzstan, Kazakhstan, and then to a very part, tough part of Russia. So we are thrilled that we'll be hearing from Karen. And then Hallett has been our missions council chair for years. Hallett and Nancy spent a considerable time ministering in China. So we'll look forward uh, to hearing from Hallett at the end of the uh, uh, time of sharing. Father, we do pray now for Christine, for Andrew, for Karen, for Hallett, that you will inspire them to bring what we need to hear, and especially that we would be motivated to pray for them uh, in their ongoing ministries, even as uh, the Moravians prayed for 100 years, 24-7, and saw out of that prayer movement, 226 missionaries in that first segment of Moravians going to the ends of the earth. So, Father, we pray that we might continue in that model, and we pray now you would bless our speakers in Jesus' name. Amen. Christine, ladies first, okay? Good morning. <laughs> I don't know how I got here, but I guess I'm here now. So, um, um, you know, when Coach Bill asked me to come up here and answer some questions, I guess I didn't really think about it when I said yes. But um, hearing my name come out of the speakers near the word missionary um, is a really surreal experience. Now I can't see and. Um, we're just going to move quickly, um, so bear with me. Um, like Mr. Fasan had mentioned, I'm going to Zimbabwe for two weeks in May with ORU Missions. Um, we're going to be working with EDU Africa um, to serve local outreaches and schools and help with sustainability and agricultural projects. Um, other than that, I don't have a lot of details on the trip itself. Um, we're going to have weekly meetings over the, the course of the semester for missions. Um, and we haven't had great contact with our contacts yet, so as soon as more information arrives, I will share it. Um, <clears throat> but I was um, I was asked to explain why I think missions is important, um, and of course, um, there's an easy answer for that. Um, we were commissioned in Matthew 28, 18 to 20. Um, where Jesus tells his disciples to go and make disciples of all nations, um, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And of course, that's a wonderful answer because it's in the Bible, which means it's good. Um, but I was thinking about it more, and I realized that's kind of a cop-out answer to come in front of a church and quote the Bible. Um, so personally, I'm not going to generalize for a large group, but for me personally, the most important reason why I'm going on missions is because I don't want to take my faith for granted. Um, I'm very lucky to have been born into this church, and I think all of your prayers and support from when I was a wee child to now is the biggest reason why I'm standing at this podium shaking the mic. 
Um, but um, after going to ORU, I realized how many people don't have the luxury of being born into this faith and this kind of community. Um, and I realized there's a sort of piece missing if you don't understand how valuable what you have is. Um, so if you're looking for more things to pray about, um, I hope you'll pray that as I go on this trip, um, my faith will become more real to me and contextualized in this world where um, things are getting a little crazier. Absolute truth doesn't exist, and um, it's hard to be convicted of what you believe without either having a surefire answer to every question that comes your way or being very wishy-washy. So um, I hope you'll help me uh, in my journey to realize the privilege of being able to proclaim my faith and um, be challenged to um, prove that privilege to people who don't quite understand how valuable it is. It's um, the end of my sticky note, so. For someone who can't see, you did a good job going down those stairs. <laughs> All right, so I have two missions trips. Um, first one I'm going on is Beach Reach in spring break. I'm going down to Corpus Christi in Texas to minister to spring breakers and all their various activities. Um, there's, I'm part of an organization called Baptist Collegiate Ministries. I was introduced to this at TCC through a friend from high school co-op, um, and we minister to college students. Um, the emphasis is very, very heavily on spreading the gospel without um, discipleship one-on-one. -on -one. Uh, so, our, yeah, first trip, we're going to um, spring break. And we provide uh, free van transportation across Padre Island to all the spring breakers, which is a great opportunity for the gospel because we'll have people sitting in each of the rows in the van ready to talk to whoever sits next to them. Um, we provide free breakfasts and uh, pancake dinners uh, around lunchtime and around late, late at night, so we'll be ministering throughout the afternoon and late evening. We'll be doing some beach cleanup, and we'll have a couple of days where we'll be taking shifts off where we can just enjoy having time at the beach. Um, so that's the first trip, and that's going to be for a solid week in spring break. Super excited to get to go and um, have the potential for discipleship with my friends from BCM that I don't know very well, and uh, to spread the gospel to the people who just haven't heard it yet. I mean... There's plenty of potential in the U.S. for people to hear the gospel. And so we kind of take for granted that everybody's already heard it and rejected it. And the reality is some of them have just heard, like, little whispers here or there about Christians and how they're weird and they don't do the fun stuff. And we're here, we're here to show them that Christians can't have fun, but fun isn't necessarily um, what the world thinks fun is. And, uh, yeah, so that's the first trip. Um, so pr prayers that uh, we'll find open hearts open minds, um, that we'll have effective uh, discipleship and uh, spreading of the gospel. A second trip, which is significantly more expensive and uh, takes a lot more preparation, I'm going to northern Macedonia and Kosovo for the last two weeks of uh, May, also with, with BCM. And uh, there we'll be um, ministering. Some of our team uh, um, is fluent in American Sign Language, so we'll be ministering to the deaf community there. Um, there's going to be a lot of, uh, they said, local art projects and community projects we'll be taking part in um, to get to know the local youth. We'll be ministering with local churches and looking for, again, one-on-one -on -one discipleship time to spread the gospel 
in a meaningful way that's not just a big convention, megachurch, to raise your hands if you want to accept Jesus. Now, there's anything wrong with that, but, like, discipleship is the priority. So, main prayers for that are we'll have adequate training to reach people of an entirely different culture and mindset. In Europe, it's just so different than it is here in the U.S. Um, that the language barrier, uh, we'll be primarily ministering to students who most of them have some idea of English or a significant idea of English, but the older people um, that we'll be in contact with probably know English as well. So prayers that we'll be able to overcome that gap. And then um, just the, the time difference, because it's you know half a day difference, so there's going to be a bit of adjustment at the beginning. And uh, yeah, prayers that there will be no hang-ups during travel and the communication issues. We'll again, find open hearts and minds, have effective strategies for uh, spreading the gospel. So I appreciate your prayers. Hey, good to see you. (laughs) Um, Bill wanted me to share a little bit from the perspective of having been overseas with um, our our family and as a parent of a current TCF missionary. Um, And first let me say I'm really excited about Andrew and Christine. I think that's wonderful. They're taking advantage of these opportunities and doing this and I'm going to be excited to hearing about it when they get back. Um, So um, I was a young teenager when Lauren Cunningham came to TCF and shared at a TCF missions conference and I was really touched and felt called at that point to be a missionary. That's the first time uh, I felt the Lord speaking to me to be a missionary. Um, But I grew up in a missions-focused family, and actually the first time um, I Uh, was part of a sending out from TCF was when I was in fifth grade. Um, My family was up on the stage. I think it was Edison High School, maybe. (laughs) Can't remember the right school. Um, And my dad was taking a sabbatical leave from ORU um, to research um, opportunities with media overseas and to help different groups. And he was taking the whole family. So they brought us up, prayed for us, and sent us out. Um, We were gone for 14 months to about 36 different countries, and um, that was a big experience in my life. (laughs) I learned a lot. Um, It affected me quite deeply, laid the seeds uh, or foundation, part of the foundation for my further involvement in missions. The second time I was sent out by TCF was when I was 17. Um, Several of us TCFers uh, wanted to do a year overseas, including my best friend, Jane Rule's daughter, Kimba. Um, She and some others joined uh, Project Kibbutz and went to uh, uh, live on Kibbutzim for a year or so. And I joined YWAM and went through their training programs for a year. So this was East Central High School, (laughs) again up on the stage and being sent out by TCF um, for that year. And again, it was a life-changing experience for me. Um, First time on my own without kind of the shadow of my brothers and sisters and father 
uh, over me, uh, so I kind of came into my own during that that year um, <clears throat> and learned a lot. Um, I also went on a ORU missions trip uh, one summer uh, with a specialized media team to Norway for six weeks um, and uh, did that. So um, after college, I met Dory at Literacy International. Um, we uh, both had a mutual interest in missions. We were going to the same home group, Bruce and Lynn's. Um, we did a Maturity in Christ series uh, program. We got married. We uh, went to graduate Bible school where we did our orientation at our missions. We did some linguistics and literacy uh, two semesters at SIL. And then we were up on the stage again during a missions conference being sent out to Pakistan. Uh, Floyd McClung was there, and I remember joining in with the elders to pray for us. And uh, we had two kids along the way, but all those things I just explained to you. Um, and uh, so we took off for Pakistan, excited, full of plans. Um, and TCF gave us a wonderful send-off. Some of you guys were at the airport to see us off um, uh, that time. And um, we felt like we were going to Pakistan for life. We were going to be missionaries there for life. We were going to die there, <laughs> whatever. Um, but one verse that I think has um, uh, come true in our lives is Proverbs 16:9, which says, In his heart a man plans his course, but the Lord determines his steps. And there's nothing wrong with planning a course and looking to the Lord for direction, but in the end, God is the one that directs your steps. And we only ended up in Pakistan for two years, came back with three kids <laughs> instead of two, um, and uh, spent a, some months at home figuring out what our next step was. And uh, the Lord led us again out to Kyrgyzstan. And uh, after that, we moved on up to Kazakhstan, like Bill or Joel said, and, um, and then later on to Russia. Um, Bill wanted me to mention something about raising kids overseas. Well, raising kids anywhere in the world is going to be a challenge, right? <laughs> so, so it's not necessarily that it's tougher overseas. It's just different because you have this layer of culture, language, different things you're facing there than you might be facing at home. Some things were easier. We didn't have some of the cultural issues that uh, we face here at home uh, to contend with over there. But um, uh, we did have some real positives in that our teammates were like aunts and uncles to our kids. And our teams were always international teams. So we had lots of international aunts and uncles for our kids. Um, they learned another language. Uh, they had a lot of experiences, and I think as parents, we just tried to focus on the positive things and not the things they were missing, you know, <laughs> by being overseas. And kids take their cues from their parents, I think, a lot of times. Uh, one issue we did have was figuring out their schooling. And, um, <laughs> you know, I don't know if I would have done the same thing uh, if I were going back right now, but we did the sink or swim method. We put them in a local school, 
um, without them knowing any language or anything. And fortunately, they swam. <laughs> so, um, they, they came out knowing Russian fluently and um, being a lot more acculturated and having an easier time in a sense than, you know, Dory and I um, took probably a little bit longer to uh, achieve those things. Um, uh, after we moved up to Kazakhstan, they transferred to a MK school, so it was another kind of learning situation for them. And in Russia, we had to leave our three oldest behind. That was really hard uh, to leave three of our oldest ones. They were all in college. It wasn't like they had jobs and families and everything, but uh, we left them behind and went with our other four. And again, we did the sink or swim method with our kids. By then, we had been home a couple of years. They had forgotten the Russian. Well, they swam again, thankfully. <laughs> uh, Isaac was the only one that didn't... Uh, go to school and you guys know his situation and that was a, um, that was a struggle overseas with Isaac too to be able to find ways to parent him and um, in the end uh, the Lord brought us back through all kinds of circumstances and we've stayed at home but um, <clears throat> uh, now we our parents have Rachel and uh, her husband Boyan and their three kids that are living in Serbia, and that is, that's really exciting for us to see um, some part of our family continue uh, on this path, and um, it's exciting that they're part of TCF. TCF has been such a constant in our lives um, from the time I was little until now, even after we've been home for some years, um, all the prayer support you guys have provided, the financial support, Every time we came home on furloughs, we needed something, you know, furniture or sheets or whatever. You guys always understand. You have prayed for us so much uh, and really lifted us up. And um, that is really uh, valuable. We have not been to any other church that has been. Um, and we've had several churches that have supported us, but none to the degree that TCF has, um, has done. <laughs> and that really, really means a lot for us. Um, so that's the end. <laughs> Thank you. Got a, couple, got a couple of slides here, I think. Wrote this down to try to stay on message here. Um, so... We were part of a church in Williamsburg, Virginia. It was a young church, grew out of a college fellowship. This is in the late, um, late 70s, early 80s. And our pastor, it was a kind of missions-oriented church, although we were young, part of the Jesus movement, trying to feel our way around, figure out what was going on. So our pastor, with an older pastor, did literally a round-the-world trip. And he uh, took a camera with him and took a uh, eight millimeter, Super 8 movie camera. Some of you remember those. And, uh, and he was making kind of a missionary sort of movie. And he ended up, of all places, in Nepal. And he, uh, so he, he brought all this back. And I ended up on kind of a group sort of editing and working on this. So we brought all this footage back. And we kind of pieced together this kind of missions promotion kind of video, or not video, film to use in that church and other places. Well, and so we're watching this, and one of the places he ended up was Nepal. 
And one of the people he ended up on this video is this young missionary named Cindy Perry. And she says, and I'm just, I remember this phrase, well, you know, and she had an accent. Well, you know, you know, God uses all kinds of people. I'm just a cowgirl from Oklahoma. And uh, I'm out of Tulsa Christian Fellowship, and here I am in DePaul. Kind of who would who would have thought, you know? Anyway, so that's how we got here, you know? So uh, so Cindy, thank you. And, uh, well, you can thank her or not, depending on, you know, but, but uh, anyway. So, um, yeah, the Lord just has a way of, of, of um, intertwining lives. So I, what I want to share is also very, is a personal testimony about missions, um, and just kind of a reflection on it. And, and so everything, everything I'm going to say, so I'm up here talking, but really this is Nancy's story too. And uh, I don't know if I've changed anything from our dinner conversation last night, but she's approved this message, I think. I think we can, we can say that. But I want to frame it with this uh, next slide, if we could. So really for about 40 years, I've been thinking about missions, and I'm at ORU, and I've done some missions kinds of work in my own teaching and things like that, traveled a fair amount, been involved with missions. And, and so thinking about this, this is, this is really how I, I'm viewing it. And so I want to say this, we'll come back to this at the end, but I want to say that I believe I'm convinced after thinking about this for about 40 years that the call to missions for an individual or a church is God's gracious invitation to partner with him in spreading to all people the good news of Jesus Christ as Redeemer and King. God grants us this privilege for our own good as well as those who hear the message. Okay? And uh, so the nice thing is I could choose the songs this morning. So there was kind of a King theme there if you heard that King and, and Kingdom. Because I believe that's, that's what our work is about. Well, in... Um, in early 1980s, we were in Virginia. I was a school teacher, Nancy was a graphic artist, and we heard about opportunities opening up for English teachers in China, and that seemed like something we could, we could do. We didn't think of ourselves as missionaries and preachers and, and all that sort of thing. We thought we could do that, we could teach, we can, we, we can speak English, we can do this. And so we ended up uh, work coming to uh, Oklahoma, to Tulsa, to, for training as part of a, the first group, we found out, of missionaries going out from a group called University Language Services. Not an ORU ministry, but kind of related to ORU. And there were TCF ties even then. The Troutmans were involved. We met them then. Uh, we borrowed the McVeigh's car, we found out, you know. And so, so we were trained here in Tulsa, and then went off to China. So this is 1984. We had our 10-month-old daughter with us. China was very different in 1984 than it is now. Where, where are you? Where's Beth? There you are. So uh, very different, right? Because they went in 85 and on several years. And, um, you know, no email, all the things. You know, the e you know, we're, we're actually writing letters, you know, writing them. I had a manual typewriter to, uh, to uh, write my lesson plans on and things like that. Um, and, you know, it was hard. So Karen's like, Oh, it's, you know, raising kids is hard anywhere. It's triple hard. It's triple hard overseas. We had a baby, and we're changing diapers, and we're figuring this stuff out. And, of course, we're new parents. But anyway, so it, but it was a wonderful experience. Um, 
So we, were, we thought we'd be there long term, and we were literally on our way across town to sign a contract for the next year of teaching, after, after a year. And we got a letter from here in Tulsa saying, would you consider coming back to Tulsa to uh, help kind of get this ministry off the ground and that sort of thing? And, and we did. So after just a year of living full-time in China, we came, came to Tulsa and, and came to TCF. It was the natural place to be. But for the next 15 years, really, that was, that was our life. And for about 15 years, that China ministry was at the center of what we did. It, it opened the door for me to start working at ORU, and I joined the faculty there. But really, it was really all about that. And, and many of you were involved. The Troutmans went to Chengdu in China and spent several years there. Um, uh, Jim Garrett was on the board of University Language Services. Jim Grinnell uh, joined us in our mid-year conference in Hong Kong and, and, and worked in, in marriage counseling and things like that. So um, this really has been the, 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 um, the focus for us. Um, but what I want to say about that is our testimony is that that time that we started in missions, continued in missions, um, it absolutely has shaped our lives and shaped our family. It changed the culture of our family. It changed the way we raised our kids. And we are seeing it echo in our grandchildren now. So I guess I wanna, what I want to say is we, we were involved and are involved in missions, but I guess I want to say that we have been so much more enriched by our time in missions. That, that's why I come to this conclusion that God grants us this privilege for our own good as much as, as those he's sending us to. So um, join the Missions Council, and uh, it looks like I've been the chair of Missions Council for 25 years. <laughs> Who knew? Time, time flies. I looked through my notes and found minutes from 25 years ago. And uh, we think a lot about missions, and we... we we are concerned with it. I want to go to the, to the next slide. So what does it mean to be a missions church? And it means lots of things. So we have, we'll have, we're hear mission speakers speak to us next coming weeks. Uh, it means something to each of you individually. But this is what it means to me. This is how I see TCF as a, as a missions church. And the first one, I think what we saw with, with Christine and Andrew uh, really is a testimony to this. And this, this I think, is, is, is not going to sound like a big deal, but it is. What we have done, what you have done at TCF, is we have normalized missions. It is a part of the daily life of this church. It's not something strange. It's not something even extraordinary. I, I grew up in a denominational church. My dad was the pastor. It was a good church. Um, and every, you know, once or twice a year, the Presbyterian missionaries would show up. And they would come, and they would speak, and, you know, it was wonderful. And I just remember being gripped, and they'd have all these stories. But, you know, they, it felt like they were from Mars, you know. They were just like, and, they, and they were talking about, you know, the places where they were going in Taiwan and Brazil felt like Mars. This was just so completely outside the, the realm of normal Christian experience. This was just something altogether different. And the fact that we almost take it for granted, and I mean that in a good way, 
that it is so much, and as Joel used the term DNA, it's so much in the air we breathe, it's so much a part of our normal Sunday morning, it's so much a part of our prayer life, it's so much a part of our giving, it's so much a part of this church that it feels normal. And I want to suggest to you that that is huge. And that fact that it's part of our culture um, has made the biggest difference. So I want to say at the outset that I think that's the biggest part of being a missions church is that it's normal to us. It's normal to hear from the other side of the world. It's normal to be praying for nations. It's normal for someone this summer to go to Zimbabwe and North Macedonia. You know, we're not amazed at that. We, we appreciate it. We're so glad y'all are going. We, we really appreciate what you're doing and God's calling you. But doesn't it just feel normal? I mean, are you shocked? You know, I'm just not shocked a bit, you know. Um, so we've normalized it. The second thing we've done is we've created a path to missions here. And this is where the Missions Council and others come in, that we have policies. You may not know, but we have a 20-page policy on missions and uh, clear expectations of missionaries and their, their expectations for us and our expectations of them. We have a path toward um, financial support. So Andrew and Christine both filled out an application. The application was reviewed by a council, submitted to the elders, and uh, we're supporting them. You are supporting them in this, these mission endeavors this, this summer. So we've created a, a path to it. And then the third thing, which is what we normally think about, and it is certainly an important part of it, is we give practical and, and spiritual support uh, to this. So this is who we are as a mission church, but I want to take one more step and maybe the next slide. And um, again, it comes back to this quote that I, I have in terms of what, what our missions has. So I want us to just pause for a moment and think, well, what have we learned from being a missions church? Because I'm convinced that our church has been enriched by being a missions church. So what, so what have we learned? So here are a couple of things. And I think that probably, you know, if you just pause for a moment and, and maybe in the next days and weeks that God will speak to you about this as well. But as I think about this, what, what have we learned? Uh, we have learned, and I think if we understand in this church that God has a big heart. We understand that he is calling all people to himself. And so I think that God has, by his grace, has given us, I think, a, a, a more appropriate picture of his greatness and his goodness and the breadth of his love. I think that we understand and he's taught us that he loves creativity. Let's see, what are we doing? Our people, um, he loves creativity and uses many ways to demonstrate his love and to draw people to himself. Medical clinics, English classes, weddings, sports clubs, relief, teaching special needs children, Bible translation, generational reconciliation uh, in the Balkans. He's changing a generation by overcoming deep uh, divisions, uh, strategic in, in training others. Uh, about a third of our missionaries now, or act, maybe more than that, are actively working to multiply their own efforts and training. So we see that God loves creativity. There's this remarkable breadth of ministries going on here. Um, I believe that, that we are learning and have learned that we're part of something big. And it's bigger than us. 
and that's really healthy. You know, it's, it's not about me. <laughs> it, it's not about you. It's not about us. Uh, we are a part of something that is much larger as Jesus the King ushers his kingdom in and invites people to be part of that. And then fourth, uh, that God uses ordinary people for a supernatural task. So, um, you know, Christine and Andrew, see, God's already using this in your life. He's already moved you outside your comfort zone, you know. He's already, you know, doing things in your life and teaching you lessons that will last uh, with you, uh, stay with you forever. Uh, but it's just ordinary people. And, uh, and now, now they, they kind of get extraordinary, you know. The shoe packs, let's just say, are extraordinary. Can we just acknowledge that, you know? Uh, <laughs> But uh, they, they got extraordinary, you know. And, uh, but God uses ordinary people. And he uses people for this supernatural, remarkable thing that he's doing of, of inviting people to be part of his kingdom and reconciling people to himself. He's using people, just ordinary people like you and me to do this. So I think we're understanding this. So just that last slide. To come back to this... Um, I think about how we've been enriched as a church, how our vision of God has been expanded, how we have a greater understanding of his love and his faithfulness, his ability to do extraordinary things to ordinary people. And so this is, um, as we look at this, this call to missions, this invitation, I do believe that it is, let's say now for our church, this is an invitation, it's God's gracious invitation to partner with him in spreading to all people the good news of Jesus Christ as Redeemer and King. He grants us this privilege for our own good as well as those who hear the message. So this is that time of year when that call of missions is extended to us individually and to TCF as a church. And as we say yes, once again, this year, I believe that God is going to meet us in a fresh way to show us and the world his goodness and his grace. So, amen.